Welcome to another episode of the Worklife Podcast. To find out more about the Worklife Hub and to listen to other episodes, please go to www.worklifehub.com. Welcome to another episode of the Worklife Hub Podcast. I am your host, Agnes Uheretsky. If this is the first time that you are tuning in, let me just say a few words about this podcast. We speak to authors, researchers, business thought leaders, for them to share their knowledge and insight on work-life balance, leadership, culture change and organizational development. In our work at the Worklife Hub, we help companies reform their workplace to create a culture that embraces diversity and work-life balance. We are passionate about building vibrant and engaging workplaces that are great for employees and customers. If you would like to get in touch with us, you can do this via Twitter at WorkLifeHub, on our LinkedIn page or on our website. We're always happy to hear how you like the podcast or any other ideas that you would like to share with us. And now, on with the show. Welcome to the listeners of the WorkLife Podcast. This is your host, Agnes Uheretsky. And quite a few of you have probably heard about the referendum in Switzerland about the basic guaranteed income, which took place on the 5th of June. Um, and we have been uh, following, of course, this, this referendum and some of the other initiatives. And it was not until uh, the beginning of the summer here, 2016, that I met the man who is one of the initiators of this referendum and the whole conversation in Switzerland. And today my guest is Enno Schmidt. Hello, Enno. Hello. And we met in London at the uh, Chatham House Conference on the Future of Work, uh, which was quite interesting in itself. And then, and then somehow there came this conversation around more of the philosophical aspects of um, work and justice and and equality and inclusion and, and, and society. And that's how we started chatting with Enno, um, who uh, is from Germany, lives in Basel, Switzerland, and he is an artist. He's a, a painter and as well a filmmaker. And he made a film about uh, the basic income in 2008, which is on YouTube. And we will put the link to it to our um, into our show notes. And you can watch it on YouTube, also with English subtitles. So. Um, and thank you so much for taking the time and the and, and I really thank you for the opportunity to have this conversation with you on our podcast. And as a, as a start, may I ask you to tell listeners a little bit about yourself, uh, your career and how your interest in the basic uh, guaranteed income took hold for you and, and that journey? Yes, of course. So I started, as you said, as a painter and art was the only true thing and the only real thing for me. So not economy, not politics, all this, let's say, uh, more or less not serious things. So to define the reality by art was for me the world I can live in as a painter and sculpture with some um, installations. But then the idea grows up for me or let's say the question, where is the art today? So is it in the museums and the galleries? It's just for a few people. Isn't it there where the most of the people are living, doing the relevant things, and that is in enterprises? 
So the idea becomes strong for me that the art is in the enterprises, is in the economy, but there is a lack of art. The art is not there, but it is the place of today where the things are created that defines our reality, our behavior, our life planning and all this stuff. And so I went in enterprises to have a look what is the art in the economy, what is the art in enterprises. And by this I've um, founded an enterprise called Art and Economy Expanded with artists and other entrepreneurs and I went further on to go in the financial sector, in banks, to look what is the real thing with money? What's the creation of money in real? So I went deeper in all these issues by what is economy, what is an enterprise, what is with the money? And that was my way uh, as an artist over a long time. And I built up some study courses in Oxford, social sculpture, and at the university in Karlsruhe in Germany, to work with the students there, the students that want to go into economy, but to come deeper to the point, what is their real reason? What's the value for these people to do that? So that you can take back the things from that thoughts and rules that are given to you and to set in the center point your own uh, suspicion, your own awareness, the things you really you yourself want to do, to turn around the world a bit from a world where you have looked to anything you can go with to a world where you are appreciated and your ideas matter. And so an unconditional basic income was for me a conclusion of first the important thing of an artist, that is to do what you really want and can respond by yourself and develop uh, as an individual with all the responsibility for that for the truth or for that what you think is the most important and the most best for others or for the world. And the other side, um, economy, entrepreneurs, to work together, that the people are working together, really together, not in the way that one says what's to do and the others has to do it, but to really work together. And this boss, um, working together and being responsible absolutely as an individual comes together for me in this idea of an unconditional basic income. And how it is in life, you need to have um, you need to have the opportunity to meet someone. And by your biography and the biography of this other, and in this case, Daniel Haney, who is an entrepreneur in Switzerland, we met and we found that we are so close to each other by different perspectives, perspectives from the side of an entrepreneur and the side of an artist that we decided to do something together. And that was to start an initiative in Switzerland for an unconditional basic income. And so it runs and it became very successful. And as you said, it comes up to a national public vote, a referendum in this year in June. I watched uh, your film with, with great interest and quite a few points in the film, the question comes up or, or this usual question what are you doing? What do you do? And that society and others ask us this question over and over again, as if our identity was completely linked with the work we're doing or the work we, ha we are paid to do. And so we, we at the Work Life Hub, we, we believe that the best kind of work is when you can bring your whole self to work, when you can be authentic, when you can be yourself. 
um, this this notion of, of freedom of of um, equality and this just takes me to maybe an introduction to our conversation here because I find that the conversation that we need to have as a society as economists or whoever wants to be involved about the unconditional basic income has for me two parts one is of course the technical you know the, the practical how we're going to finance it how much is it exactly going to be who will get it will there be exceptions etc but then there seems to be a bit more the need for the philosophical societal conversation around it of what is work and who is a worker and and i find that very intriguing and interesting in also your film that there is more this issue around why is it so strange for us now to have this conversation it feels just off it feels weird to question this this really these these norms about paid work and and work for pay yes of course and first I can say it's so strong because it's such an old idea and opinion and an ideology. And you said, so you are identified with your paid work, but also you said you are identified with the work you believe in and you want to do. And so there's a difference. And we did a lot of research about this question, who will work further on if the basic income floor is unconditional for everybody? And results of a survey, for example, in Switzerland from last year, December, um, has had the result that only 2% of the people said they will quit the job if there's an unconditional basic income. And 8% of the people said, maybe I think about that. But a huge number of people, more than 50%, said that could be real brilliant for me. Maybe I can spend more time with my family, with my children, with social relationships. And also 50% said, um, I really want to have a bit more time for my self-education, to go further on with my capacities. And 20% said they want to become self-employed. By, by If there's an unconditional basic income, that would be a security and a floor for them to do more by self-employment and following their values and what they want to do. So this unconditional basic income is not a model um, and a perfect future or perfect society, but figures out and ask questions to the present. And ask you yourself, what is the reason for you to work? For example, to do this, what you are doing now. And you will not say, yeah, because it's just because I'm paid for it. You will say, I'm interested in it. And look to the mothers and look to all the, all the women with all this unpaid work. You know, more than half of, of the word work in society is unpaid work, necessary work, done by a need, done by awareness that there's a need. I can do something for others. I can do things better. So these are the reasons to work for all of us, more or less. And more or less, there's an incentive to earn money. But you know, the basic income level is not a, an incentive. It's just what you really need. You have to say that is compulsion. If you blackmail the people by the basic needs to do what you order them to do. And the question is, how much do we believe in each other? How much are we aware about the reasons of our work? Prove it, check it. And you will find that for everybody, there is a meaning in the work. There is something what they want to do for others. And at least the definition of work is to do things for others. 
And that needs a delightment in our society that we can become more clear about what we are really doing and why we are doing that, especially because we are going in a future where it's not so normal to be linked by a paid job. You know, we have digitization, we have all this stuff of more computers, more robots, less work in the old way for the people. And so we are at that border in this moment, in this time, that we have to find out more what is human work, what at least is human being. So, and there are so many things I can tell you, for example, climate change, for example, a, a huge lack of social relationships, social warmness, social um, take care of each other. So much things that are, are worth in the moment today by our behavior to animals, by our behavior to the environment. All this stuff, you can count a number, numbers, numbers of things that are not done in the moment um, because they are not in this payment system. And many things are done because of they are paid and they are really meaningless or they are really disturbing uh, the earth. So this running behind the money is not productivity. It is to kill our planet. And would you say, I mean, you mentioned a little bit, would you say that the most uh, uh, frequent argument, counter-argument or skeptical uh, argument during your campaign was the, the belief that if people would be receiving the unconditional basic income that they would stop working? Yeah, in a way, but everybody, so we, I did this now 10 years, we started 2006, and people I met in the beginning with this question, or that they think, yeah, people become lazy. After a few years, I met them again, and that was no longer the question. The most people come when they think about it, they come very quickly to that result that this is not a reason against an unconditional basic income. This is unhumanity. This is ugly to see the people so bad and so stupid and so lazy. So ask you yourself. You can do it, for example. It's funny. When people say um, others don't want to work longer on with an unconditional basic income, and you ask back, what's with you? In 90% of these conversations, they say, it's a different thing by me, you know? And on the other hand, when you ask people on the street, what do you think about the others? Then it's around 80% of the people that said, yeah, maybe the others would stop working. So it's a cultural problem of our, um, our judgment to the others and ourselves. And that is a cultural point. And the second or uh, most frequently asked argument saying against an unconditional basic income is that the people can't imagine and believe that this is to finance. And of course, this is a new thing and, and you need to have to think new to rethink about what is that with this money. So the first point is work is a different thing than an income. Everybody needs an income, particular a basic income. Above a basic income, there's everything what we have today, earnings, um, income by performance, by what, what, what else. And the most important idea or thought to understand the financing is to understand that if that basic income amount, what exists today for everybody, otherwise you can't live, becomes unconditional. So it's not above more money than you have inflation. It is to change 
the basic income amount for everybody in an unconditional democratic right, the right to live. So we have a new kind of income that is a democratic income to allow the people to welcome the people on earth in life, lifelong, lifelong learning, lifelong looking and being appreciated by what you are, not only by your performance or function. And you can finance this with that amount, what is today paid in the incomes for everybody at this level, in this high of an un, of, of an basic income, what becomes unconditional. And then there are one million questions, of course, but that is the principle. Yeah, and I think that once we, we would agree on the principles, the technicalities could be worked out absolutely because it's not that it's not as if there's no money around no, <laughs> there's no. there's an abundance of money it's just how we distribute it and and how we l label or what value we give to these yeah believe it or not the most most huge problem today is that there is too much money and there is too much money with a with a deathly desire of becoming much more money so this stupidity this automatism and money has to create money what is stupidity what is absolutely craziness money don't create money people are creating things that can be bought by others and for that you have money you know money has a function in the society money at least is a right it's not an economical worth but it's a democratic worth and all these things has to be rethink today to be able to go in the future where things are changing and we have to wake up, to stand up a bit, and that's a good thing, <laughs> I like it, to ask yourself, what is really work? What is uh, with money? What's the run of money? Um, how can it be that some people are so unshamed rich? So not to be against the rich, not to be in a class struggling, but to ask the questions in the society, we together, how we want to live and what are the goals and the tasks we want to face and to make the things better you know we we are um constantly researching about work and purpose and the quality of a job and, and the quality of life and this year actually i have i have come to this realization that also as a society we we somehow couple um success with sacrifice and that and that unless you you put in a lot of hours or you you work really hard we have this narrative about oh, i'm so busy and and it's it's i couldn't go here i couldn't do that i couldn't take the holiday because i'm busy and 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 we really uh, are looking for people who are successful what kind of sacrifices they have made to to get there because otherwise it would be unfair but we we kind of allow them to be successful if we see that something else is really going badly in their lives or they don't have time they made sacrifice and this takes me just a little bit to the the next question and that's about the perhaps a generational change because we see this now of course more and more studies are coming out with the millennials who are arriving at the workplace who who think really differently um, about life and work and, and I always call them the UN Convention on the Rights of the Child children who have grown up with, with you have the right to work, you have the right to leisure, you have the right to safety and, and participation and, 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 and they also push I think for more transparency and, 
I saw this from your your research that um, young people seem to be much more open, much more in favor um, of the unconditional basic income than perhaps older generations. Would you is this your experience, and and how do you see this generational divide? So it's not my experience. It is in the researches we did a bit. It's a bit more by the young people that they say, for example, after this vote, um, even if it is rejected now in the first step, but there comes another next referendum and they believe that they <clears throat> will see that an unconditional basic income is introduced. But my experience is often <laughs> so that old people are sometimes more revolutional than the young one. And that many old people with their life experience are much closer to, to the idea of an unconditional basic income. And of course, some young people also, but by young people, sometimes or often it is that they reject the idea of an unconditional basic income because, and you can imagine that, think about that, they have had something like such an unconditional income by their parents. And they want to experience themselves by their performance to be able to live in a society without familiar warmness and with, without this um, support from yeah, your parents, your, your family. So, and then, for example, my son, my own son, he said, no, that's a stupid idea. Um, he wants to become very strong and do his job and earn the money. And, and then when he did it, and he earned a lot, and he was in the business world, then he came and said, you are right. We absolutely need an unconditional basic income. And you know, he's a successful manager. And he said that because he realized how, how ugly, how, how meaningless it is to work hard for the pockets of a few other ones. And that is much more better. Of course, when you, when you are able to do things, you are brilliant in your work, but to have more sense in it and decide more what is good for others. And as you said, work is the relevant, the relevant thing of our life. It is lifetime. It is life. There's no difference between life and work. And so we have to to overcome with his old ideologies and to come closer to identify ourselves authentic in the things we are doing because at least everything we have to respond. It's a lie that there are things we have not to respond. And that's for me an experience from the art that you have to respond everything. Everything have, has an impact. And so it is for everybody. And so work is not this ugly thing compulsion and you have to do but work is the most interesting brilliant high thing what makes your life absolutely and i also uh, saw that um, finland um, and also the city of utrecht and i believe also some provinces of of canada are launching pilot initiatives uh, and of course also yanis varoufakis uh, came out very much in favor um, we can imagine why uh, of, of the guaranteed uh, basic income. So do you believe that, that these pilot projects are going to be successful and, and there's going to be a kind of a ripple effect, perhaps across Europe or even globally? Yes, of course, I think so. And also in Switzerland, during the campaign time, the city of Lausanne decided to start, just independent from everything else, to start with a project uh, what is close to that, what the people in, Nether in the Netherlands do, and that means to replace some 
social benefit security payments by an unconditional amount. So you have to um, see it in a different way. Finland is going to an unconditional basic income for everybody, and that needs time, time, time. And it's not so sure that they will go, so it depends on the government. They are working on it, and it becomes very complicated. They are working with universities. Everything is good, but everything is complicated. In the Netherlands and also in Canada, they want to introduce an unconditional payment for people who got social benefit security. So not for everybody. With this sentence, only for those who need that. And that is an important thought for the most of the people. Why have we? Why shall we give a basic income to the rich or to people who don't need it? And you see, this is a difference. It's not a social payment. An unconditional basic income is not social benefit. It is a right. It is a democratic income. And of course, it is for everybody because we are all human beings. So the pilot projects in Lausanne in Switzerland, in the Netherlands and in Canada are first of all focus just on replacing social benefit payments, um, saving money, so making the structures more simple and saving money by the social bureaucracy. The more interesting part of projects are those who really deal with an unconditional basic income. They are done in India, in Namibia, and in Canada and the United States in the 17th. And the results of that are, are there, they are, are existing, and the results of this pilot project in villages, in countries, um, are that the people do not stop working, for example, but that the young people are going to school more than before to have a higher degree to get a better job, that people that are unemployed are looking a bit longer with the security of a basic income to a better job, not to the first one dirty job, and that single mothers stay at home more than before, and that is more valuable and worthful for the society, I think. And that um, couples go uh, apart. So marriage was, I don't know the word, they, they, they went apart. Yeah, they're broken up, not in, an, in a significant way, but the chance for the woman to be financially independent from their brutal husbands <laughs> are better. And so... All the results are in a way fine and good and human-like and, um, and to welcome. And especially in India and in Africa, the pilot projects showed that the, the women, it's also the women, are founding small enterprises, are very active, and the wealth grows above the amount of an unconditional basic income because of this freedom of decision. It becomes... that. that there grows up a space of opportunity. And that's what the people in India told me. This is a much, the most important space of opportunities, to have a space of freedom. And that was not before there. And that's the same thing in Europe, if in Hungary or Britain or Switzerland. This space of more, a, a bit more of opportunity, a bit more of freedom. And that makes a difference. And that makes that creativity comes more to the people, more innovation, or on the other side, more time to work on and to heal your traumas, to maybe you need a rest, maybe you need that or you need that. So it's not that it's an income determines your life and determines what you have to do, but it comes closer to an appreciation of human beings. Hey, it's almost as if you can finally raise your head above the water 
and look around what is with what is outside and on a very basic level of course this is almost uh, a reflection of the Maslow pyramid I know that it was refuted and <laughs> and it's not uh, universally true but once you have once your day-to-day -day material survival is no longer at stake you can then think further and think how can I improve my skills how can I give back to my community and I saw a very interesting report from Germany about a, a woman who who became a widow her, her husband died and so she got his pension which in a way acted as a kind of a, a, a an unconditional basic income that she received from then on and she used to work in the banking sector she was working in in banks and with this money she could finally she just took some time off and then she thought okay what do i really want to do and she became a, a for hire cook so a cook who goes into people's houses and, and cooks for them for parties or for families and she wants to open her little social enterprise and she said finally i have the freedom exactly your words she said i have the freedom the opportunity to think what it is that I want to do where are my talents and we know that when people do the things they enjoy they're much more productive they're much more pleasant to be around and it's a, it's a it's a much greater value to society and much more healthy you know we have a study and that says that um, 60 billion Swiss francs could come out um, by an unconditional basic income in more more productivity because of more motivation, you can, sorry, but you can fire the people who are not productive or not willing to be in your enterprise. You can say, okay, if you don't want, if this is so bad for you, go and look what, what's the best thing for you. And we can take people who are really want to work with each other. You have a much more, much more dynamic in the, in, the, in the enterprises on the same eye level and less costs for diseases because most of the diseases today, especially psychic diseases, are by this stress, by this um, too much of all these complicated, stressful things. On the one hand, we have unemployed people. They are in the stress of no money and have to go to, to the offices. And on the other hand, people who have to work much, too, too much. And so everything becomes crazy and makes people ill today because of old conceptions and old opinions and we have to renew it to become healthy and lucky again by this enormous wealth that we have but also the enormous new challenges and tasks we don't face in the moment not enough yeah there's absolutely a short-termism about skills about workplaces about digitalization about climate change that we're just uh, not we but perhaps those with who have the power of decision are not facing these challenges at, at the moment of course we have seen it in london you talked about it and that was really interesting for me that these people who are the decision makers they are not able to face that the solutions of the future are not in their hands, that they have to give up it to the people. So they experience an unconditional basic income as a giving up, giving up and doing nothing. But in real, it is 
that they don't know the solutions. They are in the top of the companies and the politician, politician ranks, and so they can go further on. But there is no longer this old behavior and opinion of what a job is and what a paid work is for the most of the people, and we have to rechange to, to rebuild it. And we have to strengthen democracy, for example, direct democracy, that the people really decide about what they want and what they think is right, and to strengthen the, um, the civil society. And all of this means to come to, to, to go further on by the society, more democratic, with non-conditional basic income floor and with more appreciation for everybody as a human being. Otherwise, we only have computers and the computers are the better people. If people to be a people means to be countable, to do what you can decide before, then the computer is a better one. People are not so to put in a box and they has to be open to find the new things. So these are big questions for me and not at least it is a question of war or peace. So a question if we have a development by the creativity and the meaning of the people, or if not, then maybe it becomes real worth. And But to say that also, an unconditional basic income is not a fantasy or an utopian for a, a, a far future. It is just to rethink and ask you yourself and to look around you and realizing what is the present and what, would, what do we need and how far we are. So the most of the people today, we are in a good society in a good time. The most have, there is, there is many freedom. And for, for the most of the people, there is more freedom and more wealth than ever before. But we also have to take it and to understand it and to stand up and to know that we can do things. So it's not a question of a few decision makers or leaders and they are not the guilty one, but a question to all of us. I think what we can what we can see now is 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 that we need to rethink somehow how society and the economy is organized, and and this we see with the pension reforms because not so long ago when people worked thirty years and then they retired at sixty two and then they died at sixty three, there was only three years of pension and gardening and being with your grandchildren. But now uh, we know that we will live, hopefully, uh, in good health up to our 90s. And on the one hand, this creates, of course, uh, a lot of time on our hands with people who have a lot of experience and a lot of skills. But also it creates an enormous um, care issue for those who are still at work, the family members. So we see that there are some um, cracks, as <laughs> maybe in the, in the current system, and... And I think that perhaps there will come an acceleration of the robotization, the digitalization or the aging population, or perhaps now with the refugee crisis, that, that there will be more openness to rethink in a systemic ways. Absolutely. And this is absolutely necessary. And it's for me, it's together two parallel developments. So one is digitization and um, the other is that the people want to do the things that relates to their development and the things they are interested in and where they have um, the capacities and that they want to change uh, and to expire experience more. And so today it's more, it becomes more project work, not being employed in a company lifelong, but to work in a very efficient way there where, where it is the best to, to work in the moment and then maybe to change and do other things 
that leads you further on in your life. And so we have to, we want to become more flexible and we have to become more flexible. And therefore we need a basic income floor. That is not a problem if you have not an employment for a time or not a project and you need time to, to rebuild your own whatever, whatever um, so that we appreciate life and not just function life for slaves who are to rent or to buy. So the life of the people is not to buy, it is to give democratically on this level of the basic needs. So that's a thing also by taxation and an unconditional basic income is closed and related to the question of the right tax. And for example, what is today is that, that wages, salaries, so earnings, income is taxed. Uh, the tax is levied on that. And the people think, okay, that it is. Taxes related to the performance, um, how rich I am and all this stuff. But if you look carefully to it, you see, no, the taxes are included in the prices that we as a consumer, everybody, pays when they pay, when they buy products or services. And so the consumer at least pay the taxes today. It's not visible. And so there's a bit of lie. And it would be much more better for the future to understand that taxes are, are, are paid by consuming. That's the truth today. And that becomes more um, open if you understand it and if you levy the tax in the prices as a consumer tax. And that also is a place where the tax for an unconditioned basic income can take place. And then... It's not so necessary like today for the politicians always to say creating jobs is social and we have to create paid jobs, paid jobs. It's just because the tax is levied on the income of paid jobs. And this is just stupidity. It's just to don't think about where the taxes are. So if the politicians would understand it, then they are not so keen and so desireful to say this things to create jobs. And if you say creating jobs is a social thing, then you quit the value of work because work is not to bring the people in any corner to do anything what's not meaningful, just that they are away from the street and just that they can get an income. So think apart income and work and then you understand what the value of work is. And to don't think apart income and work leads you to the disaster what we have have in the real existing socialism or communism in the eastern countries where it was the same not able to think apart income and work and that makes the people unfree absolutely and and uh, this is what uh, professor peter ulrich is saying in your in your film about if we take out the basic income conversation from the equation then we're only left with this uh, constant quest for growth. Whereas now we see that we can have growth without job creation. You can have now the biggest companies. There's, you know, lots of lots of data around the biggest companies with the, the highest inc income who are perhaps in the tech sector and they only employ 3,000 people globally <laughs> and they make billions of dollars. So, so... So that is why also this old economic paradigm about growth is, is no longer really uh, viable. Yes, and that's the thing um, since 30 years and the politicians don't understand anything. So every company is looking 
to save uh, working places, to save money in the production and to get a lot by um, selling the things. And that's the goal. And that's not understanding what economy is to think that there is a task of enterprises to create jobs. Never and never has been. And no entrepreneur will create jobs for creating jobs. So this is absolutely unreal. It's, it's ununderstandable. It's crazy to think. And it's a good thing that they do so. So look, when you are at home in your kitchen, your work, you, you, you would try to organize your work very efficient. And that's the same thing in enterprises, very efficient. And that means less working places. And that's normal and that's good to set the people free to do more interesting and more valuable things than that things that can be taken over by machines or that are not necessary if you organize the thing in a good way. So there's no understanding in the political world about what work is, what enterprises are, what economy is. It is just talking about very old conception of a time that's long, long, long past. And we are in a situation where the new jobs that are created in these areas and industries, where the people are working on, on software programs and machines and robots, that allows us to take away, to, to, to take out more jobs. So the new jobs are the jobs that create less jobs, less and less and that's to understand. And then it's to understand that this is a brilliant time for us. It's really good that we become more free to do the real necessary things. And not at least with a higher challenge um, and an, a higher responsibility asked for to do so by the people. So it's not so, so easy today like it was in the past. Work becomes more, has to do more with sensitivity, your own decision, your own awareness and suspicion and your own responsibility so this is development of human being and that is it has been in all the past it's always has been more freedom more responsibility that's what we are proud about that's civilization that's all the things that are the values for us this development and it's the same step to this unconditional basic income like it has been to democracy direct democracy to abolishing slavery more and more so we have to do it again and again and to come to equal rights, to human rights, to come to the right to vote for women. All the things has had the same arguments against, like today, the um, suggestion and idea of an unconditional basic income. So we are in a historical development, very normal, very usual, but with the same things we have had in the past. And so I say an unconditional basic income will come. That's not the question. That's the right idea. But the question is, with what substance with what intentions it will come if it will come to save money to to give the people who needs help money so to decide to depart the society to the very rich and more and more and more and more uh, a huge number of people who are out of anything or if it comes from our will from our moral ethic and our awareness of a human being Fantastic uh, uh, thoughts there and, and I have really, really appreciated um, that you shared so freely. Before we, we close, may I just ask you to tell listeners uh, the website or your uh, contacts or your social media where people can uh, find you and get in touch? So it's easily to, to tape uh, in Google bedingungsloses Grundeinkommen, that's the German word, or www. 
ähm, grundeinkommen.ch, that's our website, or it's uh, www.grundeinkommen.tv, um, that's the website with this film you mentioned and all the other films I did and other people, and or give in Enno Schmidt in Google and you find it. So we are happy to say that we are in a way very known with our initiative in Switzerland and it went ahead of this movement and I know from many people around the world that this gave a push in the discussion worldwide, globally and the medias globally, medias from worldwide has been here over the time and I hope the most important thing about an unconditional basic income, what I have to say, that it is a cultural impulse. It's not a political or a, um, economical thing or to abolish poverty or something like that. It is for everybody a question of his and her identity and, a, and it's a cultural thing. To, to, to give awareness to culture, what it is, I think that is a crisis of today, a cultural crisis, not a crisis in the financial sector or any, anywhere else, but in the culture. And that's focused by an unconditional basic income and you realize it immediately if you have a look on it, the questions that grows up in you or yourself on the mentalities and emotions, that is an unconditional basic income. That's a question what's asking to you and immediately you realize, you realize it's your responsibility how you deal with this idea. Nobody will say how you have to do it, but it's, it's absolutely your own responsibility. And that is a cultural impulse. And I think this is what comes from the Swiss initiative to the world, that it's not a bureaucratical thing. That's not like also in Silicon Valley, they are very highly interested in, and there are uh, pilot projects also and pilot projects done by Silicon Valley startup companies very efficient in a way brilliant but without this point of equal right democracy a view on human being so let's say an unconditional basic income also can be dangerous if it's introduced in a wrong way if it's introduced without awareness without consciousness and without all the questions and debates that are related to this issue. Um, one of the questions that comes up um, frequently in your film is what would you do if you wouldn't working for money? And I, I ever since I've been I watched it I was thinking so what would I actually do if, if it wasn't for money? And I have, I have to say I'm quite happy to say that what I'm doing is what I would be doing. And you know what? That's the answer of the most of the people. It's not that the people will change so many. The most of the people are at the right place. But it becomes consciousness with this thought of an unconditional basic income. And what many people wrote to me is, for example, I'm an engineer. I'm doing what I want to do. So it's the right place. And that's for the most people. But, you know, I have to do things often so quickly to construct something so quickly by the stress of, of money-making that I can't respond what I want to do and I can't speak with my, with my boss on the same eye level. And these things to come to, to better workplaces, better, better work conditions, more possibilities to respond what you're doing, that is the point what, what is created by an unconditional basic income. It is much more in the working world 
to come to more um, entrepreneurial culture, to more culture in work than to change. So, and for a few people, for example, all the pupils, all the people in schools, and also the teachers, it is a new question that you ca cannot um, focus the people in a job machine, but to ask yourself, what are the values I want to stay for? And what is the life I want to experience? Well, thank you so much, Enno, for taking the time and being a guest on our podcast. It has been very, very interesting conversation and I'm sure the listeners have taken away a lot from it, uh, just as much as I have. Thank you, Agnes. I enjoyed it. Thank you very much. <laughs>